Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you have been swept away by the crowd, suddenly joining in the the fervour at whatever it is that they may be liking in that moment? Or perhaps have you experienced the opposite, facing a crowd as a vast majority and there's you standing out due to being different? Well, I've mentioned before my love of sport and on our installation Sunday mentioned how myself and Lucy love ice hockey. Having got into it while we were in Northern Ireland, uh, we still continue to follow the Belfast Giants ice hockey team. And so when attending games at the SSE Arena in Belfast, I was often decked out from head to toe in the teal and red with my hat, scarf and top. Well, I haven't got my scarf or my top with me this morning, but I have got my Giants hat. So being in with all the other fans at the the SSE Arena, joined with around 5,000 voices all chanting for one team, what an amazing experience. You can therefore imagine my surprise when having moved back to England, I went to to the Coventry Ice Arena to see the Belfast Giants play against the Coventry Blaze. Having managed to book tickets in the away fans block, on arrival to the arena, we discovered that in the whole place, in the whole Coventry Ice Arena, there was only 12 Giants fans. It seems that not many people fancy a trip from Belfast to Coventry. So suddenly the teal and red that I was very much at home with in Belfast was suddenly outnumbered by the blue and yellow of the home Coventry fans. Safe to say too that our 12 voices were very much lost among the support of the home fans. In fact, even after the game in the car park, as I paid my car parking at the machine, my teal and red very much stood out against the blue and yellow. Nobody likes to stand out. It's much easier to blend in, much easier to be part of the crowd, to to be popular. After all, do they not say that there is safety in numbers? But is popularity all that it is cracked up to be? Is it actually worth the compromise that sometimes has to be made just to fit in? We, of course, this morning have been looking at the events of Palm Sunday. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And as we do so, we continue with our theme and we we take up the idea of giving up popularity. Claire mentioned, and I'm sure each one of us can imagine, that that vivid scene as Jesus entered Jerusalem, that great welcome he received, voices being shouted, palms being waved, cloaks being spread over the road. Yet, of course, just a few days later, a different crowd perhaps, different voices, and instead calling for Jesus' death and the release of a murderer. So we are called to put our faith 
in God's unending love, his unending grace that the songsters spoke to us about. Because we know that in all things God is always with us. And even when it seems others have abandoned us, we know that he is there. So we shared earlier the account that Matthew brings to us in Matthew 21. Beginning with Jesus sending two of his disciples out ahead of him to go and get a donkey. He says to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If you were one of those two disciples, perhaps you might have thought, well, that's a bit odd. That's quite uh, uh, quite an instruction to give us. Might have wondered perhaps what was going on. But Matthew is quick to tell us the reason. It was to fill the prophecy spoken in Zechariah. Say to your daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a donkey. This Old Testament prophecy finds fulfilment both in Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem here and of course his messianic reign. The words of Zechariah talk about the coming of the king and here it is being fulfilled. Here is the king of kings entering into Jerusalem. But what kind of king would he be? We know perhaps the expectations of some of the people. Expecting a political king, a powerful king that perhaps could sort out the leaders. Yet further on in the prophecy from Zechariah, we find these words, He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Jesus, our king, is the one who reigns forever and is above all things. Not a political king, but a king that truly changes and transforms lives. The one who brings love. The one who reigns on high. And here he is, entering into Jerusalem on a donkey. Surely that can't be right. Surely a king deserves a strong horse, or even, perhaps, a beautiful chariot. But no, as the prophecy said, here he is, entering on a donkey. And the Reformation Study Bible brings a reminder to us that this entry into Jerusalem is his claim to be the Messiah. A distinctive Messiah. The donkey was the animal representing peace and tranquility. So here is a king who brings peace. Either way, whatever the people believed or were expecting, they truly were welcoming a king. The one, perhaps, who would sort out problems. The one who would provide laws and keep order. But no, much more than that. King Jesus, King of Kings. He enters into Jerusalem. And as we do, we read of the response of the people. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The commentator Tom Wright compares this to the famous story of Sir Walter Riley, who on one occasion when walking through London with the Queen, came to a place where rain had made the ground very muddy. And so he took off his cloak, placed it on the ground, which allowed the Queen to walk over it without getting any mud on her feet. 
Tom Wright goes on to explain. The story of Riley, Riley taking off his cloak has become famous because it's not the sort of thing that happens every day. It is a very special gesture. It says quite clearly that who you are celebrating, you are valuing them as highly as you can. It also implies too that should the need arise, you would give to them anything else that they may need too. You are valuing that person, celebrating that person. And of course, not only were cloaks laid down, but branches too. An amazing scene of welcome and of celebration. And I think Claire mentioned the idea of people just grabbing what they could just to place it down before the king as he enters in. But not only that, there is then the shouts too. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, meaning save now. Many people were looking for someone who could simply make their lives better, make things easier perhaps. Yet still there were others who recognised him for who he was and gave to him all praise. The crowd's acclamation of Jesus as the son of David shows that they were viewing him as none other than the promised Davidic Messiah, the coming king who would deliver God's people from their enemies. Some too perhaps also celebrated and praised him because of the miracles that he had done. In that crowd there would have been a real mix of people, some certain of who he was, some not sure, some probably just swept up with what was going on. Yet there was joy that the king had entered in. It was truly an enthusiastic welcome. To me, Pam Sunday was about praise. People welcoming and celebrating the king. People lifting up their voices to welcome Jesus, to lift up his name. Yet, of course, if we are to just look a few days further on, and as we do in the week coming up, we see, of course, that things turn quickly and events actually lead up to Christ's death. And those who shouted praise quickly turn against him. In fact, in Matthew's account of Palm Sunday, straight on from this in Matthew 21, the very next verses describe the event where Jesus cleared out the temple. We read how he drove out those who were buying and selling. Now that is not going to be popular with them. We know why and can understand why he did it. He was, of course, so angry at what, what his father's house had become they had to clear it out. But that's also a way to make enemies very quickly. As a result of this, Jesus has to engage with and challenge the chief priests. And he was definitely not popular with them. In fact, in one translation we read that they were indignant at what he had done. Perhaps it was even those same chief priests that he had had an issue with in Luke's account of the events of Palm Sunday. As all the praises were going on, as the shouts were going up, they say to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They didn't understand or perhaps didn't want to understand who Jesus was. Yet we read that Jesus replies to them, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Jesus replied to them, reminds him just who he is. That in fact, if the people were silenced, then the very creation itself would shout out in praise instead. 
And so it's fair to say that Jesus was not popular with the religious leaders. Yet he stayed true to his word and all that he had to do. And I'm sure for us, there will be times when we have to stay strong to our beliefs and our faith, when other voices will try and put us down. There will be times when it might seem that our voice is a lonely voice compared to all the noise going on around us. Well, let's find encouragement through Jesus to not get lost in the crowd, not to get pulled along by it. Instead, let us stand strong. Then, of course, following on from the clearing of the temple, we continue to see the events known as Holy Week and how the people turn away from Jesus, how his journey to the cross would be a lonely one, perhaps not surrounded by the praises we had seen before. In fact, one of his disciples betrays him, another one denies even knowing him, and suddenly that crowd that welcomed him turn against him. Matthew 27, we read of Jesus before Pilate. Pilate offers the crowd a choice of who they want freed, a criminal named Barabbas or Jesus. And in verses 21 to 23 we read, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. The same voices that had shouted Hosanna now instead are sentencing him to death. From being welcomed by a large crowd to suddenly being very alone. And interestingly, perhaps this makes the events of Palm Sunday all the more important. William Barclay, the the Christian commentator, writes of this entry into Jerusalem as perhaps one last appeal to the people. As Jesus entered in, perhaps it is him saying, with his arms outstretched, saying, even now will you take me as your king. Even now will you take me as your king, because he knew that eventually the hatred of man would engulf him. But once again, he offers the invitation of love. Even knowing that those people, or some of the people at least, wouldn't understand or receive him. It is an invitation of love. He knew, perhaps, what was coming. Knew that the people would turn. Perhaps even knew that they would shout those words, crucify him. And sadly, we know that there will always be time when people let us down. That is all part of, of human life. It hurts, of course. But we know that in God, we know there is that one who will never let us down. We may find ourselves flavour of the month, as they say, one moment and alone the next. But the thing that never changes is that God is always with us. And so as we continue on our Lent journey, let's give up popularity. Let's give up any temptation to be, to say, or to do something just to fit in. Let's make sure that we stand strong in our beliefs so that we are not simply swayed along by the crowd, like those who shouted Hosanna on Palm Sunday and then crucify on Good Friday. In all things, let us place our trust in Christ Jesus, our Saviour and the King of Kings, because he is the sure foundation to build our lives upon and to depend upon. For he will not leave us, He will not let us down, and in all things, he is always with us.
as the songs was brought to us, we are reminded that never once do we walk alone. Never once have we walked alone. Never once will we walk alone. Because in all things, Christ is with us. And so as we take a few moments to, to just reflect upon those words this morning, we're going to turn to song 700. And it reminds us that whatever it is we may be going through, Christ is with us. It starts with these words, For the joys and for the sorrows, the best and worst of times, for this moment, for tomorrow, for all that lies behind, the fears that crowd around me, for the failure of my plans, for the dreams of all I hope to be, the truth of what I am, for this I have Jesus. What a confidence there are in those words. And I pray that is our experience this morning. For this I have Jesus. Whatever may be coming up in the week ahead, whatever may be going on in, in your lives in these moments, whatever we need, we have Jesus. Whether it's joy, whether it's sorrows, whether it's challenge, if it's pain or hurt, whether it is great times, in all those things, we have Jesus. So let's share these words together. For this, I have Jesus.
And so, dear Lord, we thank you for that promise, that in all things you are with us. Lord, I pray that as we go through the week ahead, as we consider the events of Holy Week, that you will bring to us the sense and reminder of your great love for us. Lord, I pray that you would help our voices to be joined by those ones that shouted Hosanna. But I pray that each and every day you will help us to stand firm and strong in our faith, to stand strong in our trust and dependence upon you, no matter what other voices may come, no matter whatever crowds may try and tear us away or lead us down where they're thinking. Lord, may we stand strong. May we stand true because you are the one who is always with us. You are the one who is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so we simply thank you that we can trust and depend on you. Remind us in those moments, perhaps when there is challenge, that you are with us in all things. We have you. And so we pray that you will bring strength and encouragement. For all these things we ask in your powerful and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.